Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Welcome to the ESPC podcast, where every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome. I'm Josh. I have an MBA, securities license, clients for a decade, more than $15 million and above. And what that means to you is, for example, week five, we went 14 into 87%. Uh, to put that in perspective, 59%. You can consistently live in Vegas. Some pros average 70%. So 85.5 really is really good. For me, it was $11,330 in profit. So we give you the insight how to make that money betting on NFL games, betting college games. Then we get into the NFL, college football, uh, college basketball. We share the information because we have to, right? It's capitalism and freedom is not free. And if we don't share information as middle class, upper middle class people, uh, probably this country will be in trouble. I figured out, but we have a lot of fun at the same time. But part of the process to get that good is that you need to be grounded in reality. All right. Uh, we call this a Hawthorne Effect podcast because, as Rene Descartes said, a life left unexamined is not worth living. We use business and financial concepts that I use in my other jobs to predict successfully the outcome of football games, and monetize our time, make it the highest and best use of our time. We use decision science, return to the mean, probability theory. But in this podcast, it's about self-review, right? We use a little bit of psychotherapy. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 18 years. I've learned a lot. (laughs) You have to feel, you have to feel the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of making the wrong decision better identify and analyze any situation to get close to the truth. Elon Musk says that to predict outcome, right? The richest man in the world, Elon Musk, to predict outcomes, you have to get to the truth. But again, as middle class, upper middle class people, we do not have the resource Elon Musk has to get to the truth. But what we can do is get to the truth get as close to the truth as possible. It starts with you. It starts with us. You can't live in a fantasy world. You can't believe in the Easter Bunny. You can't believe in Santa Claus. Perception is 50-50. And then, you know, we're lied to uh, constantly. So you cannot be a legend in your own mind. You can't overestimate your ability to do anything. You can't make excuses for negative outcomes. You have to be accountable. You have to expect, accept responsibility. And you have to uh, improve whatever endeavor you're in by 10 to 20% by using the Hawthorne effect, right? And that's what this podcast is about. Uh, usually better to 20%. Uh, us, off the bat, we're in the 50s. But through this effect, the Hawthorne effect, we, you know, we increased 10 to 20%. And in the case of last week, or not last week, but week five, we were 
fourteen and two eighty seven point five percent, and made $11,330. So again, we use business and financial concepts. We use decision science, right? We turn to the mean, I said. Probability theory, highest level, but probability theory is 80%. That's why that 87.5% number is so important to us. Another business concept is the late, great Larry King. We're getting so old, people are dying, right? The lady from Cheers died. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was my, uh, that was one of my programs growing up, Cheers. Right. Or, then you don't want to be like Cliff Clavin, right? Know it all, <laughs> but knows nothing. Cliff right. Clavin delivered the mail. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right? And you don't want to be that. Exactly. This is a great movie about that perception is not reality, right? Uh, you do not blame the rest if you got to pick one. You did not start blaming the, the guy, you know, dropped, uh, you, know, a, you know, dropped something, right? Dropped the right. ball in the end zone. You lost the bet. No, no, no. You picked the wrong team, and your ticket is worthless now. That's the bottom line. Yep. Now, let me, let me, let me uh, put this video on and let me know your reaction. Okay. Only ever from Tom and so Tom's biases, Tom's... And this is about a relationship. He's in a relationship with <laughs> Zoe uh, Deschanel in the movie, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, this is Gordon Levitt with Larry King. And it's about a relationship. Boy, girl, 500 Days of Summer. It's only ever from Tom's point And so Tom's biases, Tom's... Occasional uh, lack of, of being able to see what's real are relayed to the viewing audience. Uh, and then that viewing audience sort of, uh, I think, takes on those same biases. So I'll hear a lot of people tell me, love that movie, I love the character. Why was she so awful? Why did she dump you? Uh, and I personally, the way I interpret the movie anyway, and I think, look, that's the lovely thing about movies. Anybody can interpret it however they want. That's art. It's different. Uh, but I think that it's Tom's fault. Uh, I think that if you really pay attention, well, Tom's not listening. And and, uh, and I think if you ask what's the message you can read, what I take away most is you have to listen and you have to understand your biases. Even when you're biased towards believing one thing, Really listen and when you hear something that doesn't fit into what you wanted to hear, you still have to update your thinking. So when you when you hear something you do not want to hear, your team's gonna get blown out. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> so yeah, don't bet on your own team. Everybody's telling you your team's gonna go blind. You say screw it on in the window, you put a thousand dollars on your team. No, you can't do that. You're you're being biased, and you got to understand. This is the thing, too, right? With diversity, people think it's religion. I know they think it's uh, race. They think it's disability. They think it's gender, right? Supreme Court, same-sex same marriage. It's more than that. It's more than just bringing a black guy on your 
on your team. You got a team of 11 white guys. Oh, let's bring in a black guy. Let's bring in a random black guy. Put him on the team and then we have diversity. No. Oh, let's bring in. Oh, he's gay. Oh, let's put him on there. Let's put, that's not diversity, right? Diversity is being right. pragmatic, right? Putting the right people on the team, regardless of anything, because it's a business. You're doing what's best for the business. And then understand your biases. So I'm interviewing, right, someone, and I have a bias against them, right? Uh, I'm interviewing an Arab person, and I say, okay, Arab people have a very rigid way of thinking. And the guy asked me, hey, do you mind if I get hired, if I take a break at 3 p.m., right, and pray? Because I'm Muslim, and I have to pray looking towards the Mecca, a 3P, right? So I got to understand my biases that I think this guy is rigid thinking, right? Uh, I, I think this guy is dangerous. I could maybe ask him, hey, what's your interpretation of the Quran, right? Do you believe that all infidels should be killed, right? Right. Yes or no? Because you could bring a bomb in here and blow us all up. I can't say that I got to keep it in my mind, though, to be honest. And then when the guy leaves, I got to ask myself, is this guy qualified for the job? And if he's qualified for the job and it's yes, and he's equal to 11 white guys because he will make the team diverse, he has the edge. Yep. But knowledge my bias. I can't say, oh, no, 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 I'm colorblind. No, you're not colorblind. You are calling this guy a terrorist without having any else. So the, the bomb go ahead, Scott. Let me know so your give, reaction. I'll give you a perfect example on, on the bias type of thing. Okay. Celtics, last year NBA playoffs. As as you said, 20% I picked the Celtics. I think I'll pick Celtics every time that we talked. They had a game. That it was my night to bet. 20, 20% I hit in the Celtics, okay? That is that is out of the four Boston sports teams, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins. That's my team, okay? And I'll freely right, admit right. it. That's my team. Right. I love the Celtics. Always have, always will. The Patriots are not my team. I take the biases right out of it, okay? I bet Buffalo Thursday night against the Patriots. Right. If I kept my bias in it, I would have taken the Patriots. Every time, I, I, all 17 weeks, I'd say, Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. But I take the bias. I, I, they're, they're in New England, but they're not my team, to be honest with you. So that's that's what that, that guy, how many times did he say bias? At least half a dozen times, I think. So you have to learn to take your bias out of what you're doing at the gambling window. If you're a Rams fan, you would have picked the other way. You would pick Seattle this week. Why? Because you're a Rams fan. You're saying, um, "Gun Wolf and Stoughton. There's no way they're gonna win." I'm like that with the Lakers. Yeah. To be honest, I reminisce about the Lakers when I was a young kid. Magic Kareem, and then you know yep. when Shaq came, I started not liking the Lakers, and I don't like the Lakers with LeBron. So I'm the yeah. other way. I gotta check biases, and I'm picking, I'm picking against. The Lakers, because I'm mad that Palenka shouldn't be 
a general manager. Right, right. Good looking guy. He looks like Rob Lowe. And Janie Bus, you have to crush on him. You know, he's the general. So make a great point about that because you go the other way, you get so mad at your own kid. It's almost like you get mad at your own kid. Oh, my right. kid shouldn't start. Comes in late, he's doing drugs. He shouldn't be starting. You're like, whatever. <laughs> right? I mean, you be biased and overly harsh on your own kid. Right. It's right. So because he said in that movie, right? It's about a boy and a girl, 500 Days of Summer, but it's really about uh, overestimating things. He was overestimating how much Zoe Deschanel liked him. And they've always said that if you got inside the head of your family members, got inside the head of your wife, and you saw the percentage of the times they thought about you, you would be offended. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would. You would absolutely 100% agree. So, so everybody overestimates their ability to pick sporting events. And who catches in on that? The casino, the sports, but everybody. Can we take the opposite approach? And we'll even look at our wins this week, real quick, to know which, which were lucky covers. Because I remember once, I only bet 25% of my bankroll once. Yeah. 25000 yeah. On a game. There, there is no, to... There's no yeah. such thing as a lock. Zero chance of a lock. No chance. No. Any sport. I don't care who you play. So if you have $100,000 in your bank account and you say, let's, okay, uh, who, who got upset at this upset this week? I'm trying to think. Uh well, there was an upset. Uh, Spain lost to Morocco. Yeah, or Morocco you forget the, the United States. You you go to the window. Yeah, you, you go to the window. You bet on the soccer game. You bet in the United States on Saturday against the Netherlands. $100,000. I'm, I'm emptying my whole bank account. I know the United States is going to win. $100,000. And you got the NFL tomorrow. And you got to come back. You're going to bet the NFL because you think your bank account is going to increase. United States loses three to one. You're out a hundred thousand. You're out the NFL bets. Gone. Goodbye. You just lost all your betting money. As Josh says all the time, and it's in the rules of betting, equal amounts on every game you bet. Not a high. In every part, you know, we have the top ten rules of betting, and I've updated it. I'll have it in an article that I tweeted out. It'll be on my Twitter timeline. Again, the updated version, but I had a hundred thousand. I bet twenty five thousand. I had to go back to my room and change because I was going to have hypothermia because I sweated through all my clothes, and it was the luckiest cover ever, ever. It was yep. San Diego State Y Leonard, <laughs> and they were playing a team that they should have bought out. It was like Creighton or something. And it was, it was only like plus four, and I bet the money line, San Diego State, and San Diego should have blown them out. The yep. luckiest ever, ever. San Diego State shouldn't have covered. I'm at the window, and my, my ticket, I was afraid they wouldn't take it because it was drenched in sweat. So I'm never going to do that again. The most I've ever been on a game is $2,000 with a $100,000 payroll, uh, bankroll. Yep. Yep. Again, I've never been to it because I can't take it. 
I'm too nervous. My, right. my heart rate can't have a heart attack. I'm not enjoying the game either because yeah. part of it is tough. You're not enjoying a seven leg parlay even if you win it. Yeah. Because you, you watch six games, you're mentally exhausted, and now you're sweating through game number seven. Regardless whether you win or not, that's not good mental health because you're all sports betting gambling. Well, here we teach to treat each game the same way you do an investment, right? To sharpen your thinking and to identify your biases and do not judge your biases, right? What do you think about that? I think you should judge your biases. You should be honest about them. Absolutely. Identify them while you're making a decision. Don't judge yourself. Oh, I'm homo. Oh, I'm racist. Oh, I'm this and that. No. Yes, you are. Admit to it. But... (laughs) Acknowledge that you are and feel it. Feel bad if you want to be a fool. Feel embarrassed. You don't have yep. to tell anybody, but you do have to feel it. You do have to acknowledge it. And that improves your decision making in anything you do. So here's a perfect example. Last night's uh, quick, quick little thing about the game last night. For 55 minutes, if you followed us for 55. 55- with six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, everybody's saying, boy, those guys were wrong. They don't know what they were talking about. They, they had a bad night. All of a sudden, the last five minutes of that game, everything we talked about started happening. It started happening. Exactly. And you never, you never get upset until the final gun goes off and it goes zero, zero, zero. We won – that bet with three seconds left in the game last night. So 59 minutes and 57 seconds, we we were one and one because it wasn't going over. It was going under. This is the big thing, too, because people were saying, at least these guys got the under. Yeah. The under all time. So the worst we could have done was break even. So what is happening? I'm enjoying it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to talk about biases? I don't know Tom Brady personally. So, personally, I don't know. As a sports fan, I do not like Tom Brady. Yeah. I like him and I don't like him. It's a love-hate relationship. Last night I was sharing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my boy Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're laughing and we are in, because that's a, because time is so short. Yes. Promise to us, anything can happen to her. I can get shot with a ricochet. Somebody goes to kill somebody else. I get hit with a ricochet. I'm dead. Yep. So yep. I have to have problems as much as possible. And you do that with this. And this is unique. It might not last forever. But these set of circumstances, we can monetize this. And yes. at the same time, simultaneously sharpen, <coughs> update our thinking to be more effective in business. We're so, anything. So I give everybody a perfect example of the last 10 days before we get into this. Thanksgiving Day, yeah. Chad goes five and one. Josh comes up with the Mike White. I came up with last night's game. That's how this is a collaborative effort. We all have done something in the last 10 days that has helped us monetize and win. That's yeah. the most important thing. And that's the thing everybody out there has to realize is that. We're all doing something and putting something in that's going to help you cash bets. So, 
You should be listening. I've said it for two years now. You should be listening because if you are listening, your bank account is much, much better now and your Christmas Christmas will be a whole, whole lot better. So, And the people that listen for the business part of it. This year haven't done as good as other years. But I always throw it in and throw it in more because what you just said, Scott, is exactly why diverse companies make 46% more cash yep. because it really ups the ante on collaboration. Right. Right. And Jason's <laughs> thrown his in too. And Jason's been a, been a big part of this too. And, and Lest we never forget yeah, yeah, yeah. what he's done, what he's done for for us. But he's exactly. he's as big a fan as of, of us as, as anybody else. If you if you're on Twitter a lot, you know. Oh, so. yeah. He helps us track. Uh, he absolutely. Because I can only track so much. Right. Right. Exactly. It's you it's know, very time consuming. Yeah. So and you get things wrong, right? So that's why you have other people double checking stuff. Yep. So yep. the first game we got wrong this was New England. Uh, you were right on New England. Uh, I was wrong. I thought that New England would muster enough offense to cover four points and that uh, McDermott would let them backdoor cover. I thought McDermott was going to get a lead like he got. He, I think he did let him back to recover, except that Bill Belcheat is the greatest defensive coordinator of all time, but he's a suspect uh, executive vice president. He's a suspect general manager. Yeah. He's a suspect head of scouting. He's a suspect uh, offensive coordinator, and he's a suspect quarterback's coach. And with those papers I saw in his hand, great. He came up with one. I think that's what happens. These guys come up with one play and they think, oh, suddenly I'm a coordinator. He came up with that play where he wants to play defense the whole time. He brings his fastest guy on defense. And basically, he sets up a play for a punt return. They set up a wedge back there with some offensive line and boom, he's gone. But you know, guess what? You can only run that once. McDermott's a defensive guy. He saw it. You can never run it again on Buffalo. Yep. That play is done. And they, no other plays the whole game. Felt bad for Mac Jones. He had no offense. What do you think, Scott? Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are offensive coordinators. Mac Jones has regressed so much this year. He he played really well in Minnesota. He played really bad against Buffalo. Their touchdown was scored by a defensive back playing offense. So Belichick is trying to outsmart McDermott in the first quarter. McDermott will catch on to that, and the Buffalo Bill and Leslie Frazier will catch on to that too. So, I I just think that Buffalo, in a close spread game, is probably is going to cover the game. Any point spread that is huge, they probably will not cover the spread, right. because I think. As I agree with you, is what McDermott is now doing. He wants to win games and get out. He's not, he's back to the number one seed now, Buffalo. For everything that's happened this weekend, he's back to the number one seed. 
that's where he wants to be. So get, so what he's going to do is he's going to – his game plan is going to be, okay, guys, first half, we're going to be aggressive as anything. Second half, we're going to shut it down because we're going to be up big. And, and that's what you got to look at now is, is how is Buffalo handling game situations. So that, that's what I think. I just – the Patriots just are a mess on offense right now. They're just a mess. So – In particular, it's up because of what yeah, I just said. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mention names and stuff because it's illegal, but I have a client who's a genius who has $30 million liquid. And I sat down with him and I said, okay, let's uh, write out job description. Said, no, 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 uh, go to HR. We got a full list. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to HR. I'm talking to you right now. Right. Let's look at all the jobs. It's like, oh, what are you talking about? So when I walked in here, you stopped and you worked on a machine, you, you trained the kid, and then you did something, right? He's like, oh, yeah. Okay, that's two jobs. You're a trainer, right? We, we know you're the founder of this company. Who came up with the strategy? Me, okay. So that's one job, founder. Number two, you're the mastermind. Okay. Three, you just trained that kid. You are a trainer and you operated the machine, right? Are you going to get paid for that machine? Yeah. Yeah. That's four. You just talked about sending me to HR. You're the head of HR. So we went down there. He had like 17 jobs. Okay. Really, you're, you're a genius, $30 million liquid. You don't have to work another day in your life. Why do you have 15 jobs? And it's not, oh, I can't do that job anymore. Hey, if you like doing it, that's you. It's your life. All my job is to define it. You know, are you being more efficient, right? That's what I would do with Belichick. I said, do you really have to have all those jobs? Because I can guarantee you somebody like um, Ken Dorsey for Buffalo, he outcoached Belichick as an offensive coordinator. He didn't outcoach him as an offensive coordinator versus defensive coordinator. He right. outcoached him offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. He's more efficient. Ken Dorsey the Bill Belichick. Yep. Shouldn't you have maybe a Ken Dorsey to match up and have more diversity <coughs> on your play call? Yeah, seventy-two year old man doesn't need to have fifteen jobs. <laughs> he just does. he just doesn't, and he does. And I don't know why he won't get rid of some of them or give them away. But. In the disrespect for. Uh, for Kraft because Kraft likes to party and you know he's a generate, but he should respect him as a business person. Kraft, he no longer goes to his trucking company. He hasn't gone there for years, twenty years. He hasn't gone there right. and start uh, asking people around, telling people what to do, and yeah. start being a manager of the trucking company. He doesn't do that. He's enjoying his retirement. He has one job: owner of the Patriots and owner of the soccer. The soccer. That's it. Yep. I agree. So another guy who has like 15 jobs is Lovely Smith. <laughs> so defense is playing defense, the uh, decent, right? People are looking at numbers and saying, oh, Houston's decent. No. Remember, these guys have been on the field all year long. You can't judge them in the second half where they're dead tired and running sprints on special teams, too. Yeah. But you can't judge yeah. them by the numbers. Believe me, when I see them, they're playing decent. The problem has been that Davis Mill, his job is to play conservatively and not commit 
turnovers. Right. So Dave Mills has played conservative and thrown a couple picks, right? It just destroys everything. Fumbles the ball, or whatever. So that's destroyed them. So he pulled them. Was Kyle Allen? Now Kyle Allen, uh, I don't think he can process the plays. He just does what he wants. But in the past, if your defense plays well, and Kyle Allen makes exactly one play, one deep throw, yeah, one play, yeah, you win. And I, and, and this error in my judgment. I made the determination that Kyle Allen was going to make exactly one play. Yeah. Not to, but to cover a large spread over a key number. I was wrong. So I have to update my thinking. Kyle Allen is going to make zero plays in a game because this is the second game where he's made zero plays. I thought it was going to be a return to the meet. I'm like, oh, Kyle Allen, I remember him, Texas AM, wherever he was at Texas school. He made exactly one play, man, and he would cover. Not anymore. Last week he didn't make – he made zero plays last week. He made zero plays this week. So I was wrong. My uh, analysis of Kyle Allen being able to make one play with the Houston defense playing well enough to cover. What do you think, Scott? I agree with you, and I, I'm going to make a statement. I don't know if you agree. This was the – Baddest luck pick we've ever had on this podcast. Cleveland scored zero points on offense. Zero points. Deshaun Watson was beyond awful. He he was terrible. He's missing guys uh, with that were wide open on offense. His some of his passes were just like, what are you doing, man? You bad. I, I used his, family, his own family was booing him. People yeah. Who, you know. When a defense scores two touchdowns in the game, which Cleveland did, it is the worst luck you could possibly have. And I agree with you. Kyle Allen had to make one play in that game in 60 minutes, and we would have won that side of the bet. And he did not do it. And they're playing Dallas this week, and it, 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 Kyle Allen is is incapable of making a play in a game to for Houston to win that game. Houston should have won that game, if but you gave up two defensive touchdowns. You can't you can't see that coming. None of us can. So I think in the two years that we've been on this this show, all of us together. This was the unluckiest pick we have ever had in two years, I think. So we go bad pick or bad luck. So the highest level of probability theory is 20%, yep. 80%. Yep. It's always a 20% luck. I mean, probability theory, this is your science, used by Fortune 500 companies, Elon Musk, to make business decisions. Yeah. So what Scott's saying is, is that 20% wasn't necessarily a bad pick, but it was bad luck. Yeah. I agree with Scott. Uh, 75%, and there's 25% where I misjudged Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen was done. Maybe he has long COVID. We always knew he had a little bit of brain damage because he can't process <laughs> the plays or anything like that. But he, he cannot be trusted to make exactly one play as a professional quarterback making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's the other part of it, too. He is the cheapest 
backup you can get because he's sucked so bad in his career. Everywhere he's gone, nobody even knows who's – you ask about 80% of expert and casual fans, uh, half of them, right, do not know that Cal Allen's still in the league. So – was, was Cal, I don't know, Cal Allen, he's still in the league, Cal Allen? So this – man. Yeah, this thought just came to me. Remember Jim Coventry was on last year and he said Houston was going to tank to get a high no, draft. No, but this is the thing. We're getting old and time is flying, right? He was on three years ago. Not, we're going on three years. The way yeah. You, you said so I, I think they're taking even worse than shit to get the number one draft pick, which well, everybody thinks. How many coaches are you going to fire? Because they're saying, oh, we're going to fire all these stuff. Okay. You're going to be on your third coach for three years? Yeah. And you're going to start over again? Not a chance. You can't. So, unfortunately, suppose the early, early, way early mock drafts had B. John Robinson going to Houston. He might want to rethink (laughs) because this is a bad uh, franchise. You know, I'm saying, no, I'm not going to whatever team drafted. Yeah. Go to. I'm going to choose where I'm going. Exactly. 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 So that was that, that that game. Uh, Nate, I think you were right. I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. Marcus Mayor. We just need Marcus Mayor to make one play. <laughs> Same thing as Kyle Allen. We just needed the man. And he's running well. God bless him. He's running well. And really, what's, what's happened, I, and I think that Arthur Smith listened to the podcast, and he agrees 100% with Scott. Because listening to the game and then watching the game, uh, Atlanta did the best they could to take the ball out of Mariota's hands and run the wishbone. And you're like, what? The wishbone in the NFL? Yes. Atlanta was running the wishbone last week because in the wishbone, what do you do is you have three backs, right? Yeah. You have three yep. backs. Yep. Fast as you can to what? The corner. Yeah, whoever gets there, the corner edge wins. And man, in a race to the corner, Cordell Patterson is going to win that race a lot. And they did that to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't really have an offense. Pittsburgh's offense was shut down. They did have a drive. Uh, you can hear him going to Tom, hey, coach, should we go for the touchdown? No, 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 field goal, field goal. No, field goal, field goal. Rest of defense, field goal. Field goal. Tom was like, we don't even want to score a touchdown. We want to hit field goals. All right, coach. That's what that game was. And we just needed maybe after the wishbone, uh, you know, Atlanta receivers were flying open. And unfortunately, Mariota was missing him. And, uh, I just needed to hit one, maybe one out of five. He he was over five on those deep shots. They were wide open. And Atlanta loses to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game again that I just needed one play for the man. I thought he was good for one play. Heisman Trophy winner. I'm like Heisman Trophy winner. Playoff. He won one game in the college playoffs. He can hit one pass for me. Nope. Wrong. He didn't. Got a bit wrong. What do you think, Scott? Bad pick in my book. They have to learn from. Learn yeah. from my mistakes. So I, I researched this game, but can, can I can I be honest and a hundred percent here? 
Remember Chad's Pittsburgh, Indianapolis reasoning, the five reasons he gave? One of the reasons was coaching mismatch. That's it. Coaching mismatch. That's... That was the basis. That was one of the bases for my picking Pittsburgh. Coaching mismatch. Mike Tomlin, very solid coach, Super Bowl winning coach. Arthur Smith. He's putting all his faith in a guy who can't who can't throw the ball very much. That's a problem. One play. One, one, one play. Mariota to Drake London was money last week. All he had to do was get Drake London in the end zone, and they win that game, and he couldn't do it. Right. And that's a problem because now Arthur Smith has become one of those coaches that says, we're running the ball no matter what. We're just going to run the ball no matter what. And teams are figuring it out, and they're stopping him. And they did. Well, Pittsburgh well, did. Well, to an extent. Well, Not all the way, but to an extent. Because Cordell Patterson, 5.5 yards a carry. Yep. Algiers. Huntley, 4.3. Mariota, 5.6. They were running that, but even Oklahoma, remember Oklahoma? When they ran the wishbone and they ran and ran and ran? Yep. They had the the ball. You'll see this at the Army-Navy game, right? The Army-Navy game teams are going to run the ball 24-7. But they're going to pull it, and whoever can hit that pass will win the Army-Navy game. Whoever pulls the ball, hits it. And he could, he was, Mariota was 13 to 24, which is horrible for a NASCAR quarterback. That's terrible. 167 yards, right? And his average uh, pass completion was seven yards. And this is the other thing, too, right? Uh, analytic system works, key statistics work. Yep. And we have, we talked all the time for quarterback to run for a first down. Uh, for three first downs with his leg to win 17% of the time. Riota ran three for 17. You need another 13 yards from him in the running game. So yep. he kind of messed that. That's his brain, his reads. So he didn't read enough for 30 yards, right? And then 13 for 24. So one statistic, now that we're getting late in the season, we're going to want to be good. That's as good as the, that one is uh, yards per play. I'm going to start looking at that uh, for tomorrow. Is yards per play. Field goals, big... field goals never win football games. Touchdowns field goals win football games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For losers. Agreed. Losers kick field goals score touchdowns. Agreed. Agreed. So that's a nuts. Those are three key statistics. Analytics doesn't work. But after a while, if you get into the late in the season, those three key statistics are going to tell you a lot on who's going to win the football game, right? It gives an edge as we go to the window to catch our tickets. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Let's see. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Explain to me the Tennessee Titans. Just fired the general manager. Why are we firing your general manager midseason? No clue. Right? Just, no clue. For me, okay, family cheap, family owned team, huh? right? Put him off the tax payroll. They don't want to pay any payroll taxes for this man for 2023. So let's fire him in December. 
So because a seven and five team heading their division, no reason they shouldn't go to the playoffs, and they have a primo running back that all you need to do is have your offensive line hustle, and Derrick Henry will run, and you can at least win one play zone like shitty ass uh, an any defense plus wait for others to make mistakes. You might even get to the Super Bowl. But they're firing this man there. Uh, they, they they have no receivers because they got rid of AJ Brown for money purposes. And it comes down to I'm not the first one to say that this family should not have an NFL team. They don't have the money for it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So here's here's my take on this. Okay. You you play in Tennessee, very small market, not in the top. I don't think they're in the top twenty TV market wise. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Nashville. Yeah, number two, you're asking all all you basically asking to do. They get in the playoffs every year. They win the division every year. What else do, does this man, as a GM, have to do? Right. For him for him to keep his job. The, the ownership says you got to trade A.J. Brown. We can't pay him. They trade him. They get draft picks. They get high draft picks. They draft this kid, Traylon Burks, who's going to be pretty good. He's not going to – you know, he's – he's in rookie year, you don't expect the guy to, to get 1,500 yards and stuff like that. You don't expect it. So he's been solid other than being injured. So you've done everything as a GM you can do. You got, you're in the division lead. You're going to win the division. You're going to get in the playoffs again. You may win a playoff game. Depends who you play. And you're not costing the team a whole lot of money. You're staying in what the ownership says. I don't know what I don't know what you have to do. This guy's doing everything that the ownership's asking him to do. What else do you want the guy, the man, to do? You have a, a great coach in Mike Vrabel, who was your hire. He's done a phenomenal job with that team. Okay, everything, better coach for that. Right, everything under your watch has turned to gold as a GM. And you get fired? I don't know. I I, I think that's a little shady. I just yeah, do. And, you know, it, it, I could have predicted that, right? It's my job to predict things. A cheapo team is going to do that. The money guys came up, came to the, the Benson family. Now, Benson is uh, New Orleans, came up to the family. Um, I think it's the Adams it. family, right? Adam Shrunk is the coach, is the uh, owner. They're the old family they used to remember. They left Houston, the tenth top city, to Nashville. They got a bribe, right? Right. <laughs> they got a bribe to hey, Houston, hey, bribe. Uh, bribes, depending on the state, it's legal. Like in Florida, you can uh, bribe anyone as long as. Uh, you inform everybody of, of the bribe, right? Right, right. California bribes are illegal. You bribe yep. somebody, you know, boom, you're going to jail. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so Amy Adams it was the dad. Truck is the new husband. Uh, she, the co-owner and chairman of directors, she got there over her siblings. What she does is, I mean, she's a billionaire, right? She takes out a loan on the team and then buys property. So you can't take the property away from her. She's right. rich. She has, she's a female owner, 
what happens? That's why, oh, why should I, as a football fan, listen to the Fed? Because they're raising interest rates. That means that your owner of your team, right, right. can't take out a loan. It does what the interest rates are higher. So for a higher interest rate on that loan, means you got to fire the general manager and tell Brable he can be the general manager for an extra 100000 bucks. <laughs> he okay, needs well, it. He really needs it. He, he's a smart man. He's not. He's not gonna do it. He's a smart you man. Know he's, uh, Ryan Day better watch his back, and Ryan Day better beat Michigan next year. Because if Ryan Day does not beat Michigan, regardless of what he does, he better win the national championship. He wins the national championship, get a pass. But if he doesn't win the national championship and he does not beat Michigan, Rayville has been seen in Columbus. He wants that job. He wants to be, because that's where he went to college, he wants to be the head coach of Ohio State making $15 million a year without the pressure of being in the NFL and dealing with the Adams I'd rather be the Giants. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would rather be the Giants coach, to be honest with you. No. Really, then Ohio State. Ohio State, you're there with college guys, no pressure. And the thing is, you're getting paid more than being the Giants coach or the Tennessee. Because in Tennessee, they're only paying him $2.5 million versus $15 million, Yeah. Almost, almost 10 times more to be head coach of college kids where nobody's giving you any lip, no general manager, no owners. You're the king of Columbus. Exactly. At five years. For five years, 75 million, come on. So no brainer. I would be angling him for it too. Probably his wife is telling you, hey, you need his wife is probably from Columbus. They got to check that out. Uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, 75 million. We could, uh, I don't know what he's doesn't matter how much money you make, it's always something else. It's always something else you want, something else you need to do, something else you want to buy, blah, blah, blah. So even though he's making $2.5 million a year in Nashville, uh, $15 million. Remember, Harbaugh's getting, making $11 million, so up the ante. Matt Rule's not making $12 million a year. I mean, Imagine in Nebraska. Imagine <laughs> What about failing forward? <laughs> What, what's what's he gonna go five and seven next year in Nebraska? I, I think he's going two and ten. I think he's losing a prime. I looked up the schedule. He's losing a prime week two next year. Colorado at Nebraska. I'm picking prime in Colorado over Matt Rule. Matt too- Rule is where he got he destroys the program on purpose. Then he's like the Marines building him up, and they yeah. go one and eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nebraska be good for. Maybe the fourth year is contract. Coaches Just are going to do what coaches do. So that's the Tennessee game. Bad pick. We should have gone with Philadelphia, 11 and 1. Uh, it was a big line. And the thinking was that uh, Tennessee would lose with cover. Yeah. Running yeah. on. On, uh, running on Philadelphia. It didn't happen. Uh, I was going to pull it up take a look at the statistics. I was going to pull up uh, I think Game uh, flow cost there. Yeah, what Josh Allen's doing. He's making that mistake of running too much. He ran too much in this game. 
That's the other thing. I thought they weren't going to be stupid enough to run your franchise quarterback. But I don't think they care. I think if Minshew comes in there, a lot, half the team's happy. The better drop-back quarterback and understands the offense. All he needs to do is lob it to Devontae Smith and uh, A.J. Brown. Brown. Yeah. And I, I guess the thinking suspicion that since Tennessee's a simple offense, A.J. Brown told them other plays. Because Tennessee only scored 10 points. And it really did, did seem like Philadelphia knew their play. Who's yep. going to tell them their plays? A.J. Yep. Brown. Of course. Okay. Uh, A.J. Brown wanted to win this game. If, if they could only win one game this year in A.J. Brown's mind, this, this would be the game he wants to win. So, And it, it showed because Jalen Hurts went to him a lot during the game. As the game started to wear on, when Hurts ran a little bit less and started throwing the ball a lot more, it was to A.J. Brown. And Tennessee has no way to stop him. So um, Tennessee's passing defense is not good. Their running defense, very good, very good. So when you when you Tennessee is playing like a Cincinnati or a Philadelphia, probably going to go the other way on it. A good, a really good passing offense because Tennessee has no way to stop it. So and Tennessee's scheduled down the stretch here. Very, very suspect passing games. So, you know, Tennessee's going to probably reel off four of the last five to win the division. So, well, the problem too is, then we're going to have to do some research too because you never do, can do enough research. Absolutely. How's that situation going to affect the players? Because they see AJ Brown tear things up, he's gone. They see the general manager who brought him in there do a good job, he's gone. He's gone. So, yep. he has- People are like, oh, okay. How's that affect my situation? Well, let me tell you this, okay? There was a viral video that went all around Twitter on NFL draft night. And when Vrabel found out from the GM that they traded A.J. Brown, he got up and walked out of the draft room for like five minutes because he was just that ticked off at the GM. <laughs> And the owner. Now the GM right. is gone. I have a sneaky suspicion that Rabel is not going to be in Tennessee much, much longer. That's my opinion. Well, because that, well, well it, 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 it's your opinion, but it's based on facts. Because yes. that's where the Ohio State thing. He started uh, in last year's playoffs. He yeah. started texting and messaging Michigan guys. And then started making fun of Michigan guys after the playoffs after they got blown down by Georgia. Yeah. That is not Bravel's style. Bravel is an introvert. He's like Belichick. Yep. He doesn't like talk, much less tweeting in public. So I'm like, Brave. see, the thing about introverts is when they do something extroverted, it's for a purpose. Yes. And yeah. when, when he started berating the Michigan guys out of the blue, because Michigan's lost other games. When he started berating Michigan guys, he started going after the Harbaugh. What has Rabel before Super Bowl, before anything, started berating and going after the opposition? Never has. Never has. He's now he's going after Michigan. Now he's going after the Harbaugh's. It's for a reason. He wants yep. that Ohio State job. Salesman think short term, businessman think long term. Like, even if Brian Day, even if Brian Day has a successful career and wants to leave. 
he wants that job. Whenever, whenever that job's over, that Ohio State job, or else he's not going to be in public trying to uh, berate Michigan people. <laughs> right. Right. I, I 100% just, agree. You know, I, there's nothing for Vrabel to stick around for. Okay. He's done everything he can in Tennessee. Right, right. Well, Monroe be- playoff beat Belichick at Belichick, beat Andy Reid at Andy Reid. Yep. Got to the AFC Championship game against Kansas City. Could have won that game. Um, you know, had winning records every year he's coached. He's been a really good coach, and he will continue to be a really good coach. So, so I personally think that he's greasing the skids to leave because I think he looks around and says, "You fire, you fire the GM in the middle of a good season. What reason? There's probably no good reason." You trade my my top asset on offense, my second top asset on offense after Derek Henry. You trade him away. So now you're basically saying, okay, Mike, we're giving you a team, but your team is is half a team. So you know, it's just you gotta look at you gotta look at Vrabel and and on the sidelines, you're gonna see him be a much more frustrated coach, I think, because of these facts. And who knows what happens down the street? They'll get in the playoffs again. They'll probably win a playoff game or two. They'll probably get a deep run in the in the play AFC playoffs. Right. And and he's yeah. gonna say after that, I'm done. I'm resigning. I'm I'm out. I'm out. Bye guys. You know. So that's what yeah. I mean. So we'll go fast. We'll go fast here. We'll close okay. it out. Okay. Thankfully, we only had like a couple other losses. Yep. Uh, I'll go through these five wins, but we got both sides of the bet. Are any of these lucky? Giants plus three under 41. Minnesota money line over 44. Green Bay minus three over 44. That was the no-brainer pick of the week. Who's picking the Bears? And on the live stream, like that, we're like, why is this line going down? Remember, and I bet Green Bay again. I bet Green Bay early and often. I bet Green Bay like three times. I bet him at minus six. I met, bet him at minus five. I bet him at minus three. And I said, well, cover my money line, my ass. I better bet him again. So I got the money line minus three, minus 130 Green Bay. So that's four times I played Green Bay. And then the over 44. Because Green uh, Chicago, guess what? The, the team with the worst, second to worst record in the NFL has the cheap, illegally cheap, Payroll, right? Yep. They're under the salary cap so much it's illegally, except is Roger Goodell going to enforce that? Is he supposed to fine them? The difference. I I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anybody say something. It'll be interesting to see. Is is Roger Goodell going to do his job, right? Jerry Jones is his corporate governor. Jerry Jones basically said Roger Goodell is not doing his job. Right. He's just letting everybody do whatever they want, right? So is he going to fine? I wish there was a bet on that I could bet on, right? <laughs> it's not they're going to find Chicago for being illegally under Celica. But the three and eight, uh, Green Bay's desperate. They still have a pulse going into a bye week. I thought that was easy. What do you think? Any of those picks? Then we got the Rams plus seven and a half. You were alluding to that earlier. That was a great pick on our part. Yep. Going the other way, uh, seven and a half against it. Very, very flawed. Right, very fraudulent, mediocre Seattle football team with a coach who's over the hill. 
you can't get to the, your 70s. I'm sorry, right? Let me know what you think about this, Scott. But I don't think with my own father, my own father-in-law, with the elderly people that I've had around my family, that I've had at work, I don't think you can get north of 70, 71, 72, 73 without having some sort of cognitive decline, right? You know, Pete yeah. Carroll's like 72 years old and coach of Seattle against McVeigh, right? A young yeah. guy in his late 30s. Give me yeah. McVeigh, seven and a half, four forty-one. We got that. Let me know your thoughts, Scott. So the Rams pick was not lucky at all. I, I think we, we were spot on with that. The Green Bay pick yeah. certainly was this Green Bay pick certainly wasn't lucky. <laughs> certainly wasn't. <laughs> I think the game that you the out of the four that you talked about, probably the Minnesota Jets game was the was the luckiest. Because the Jets were driving down the field. Okay. They had a chance to win that game outright. And and I had a, on another podcast that I do, I had picked the Jets to win that game outright. Because I thought they could. I thought they'd go into Minnesota and win it. And they didn't. And Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins bad again. And Minnesota found a way to squeak that out. Minnesota's 9-0 in one-score games. They haven't right, lost right. a one-score game or less yet. So they, they know how to win these. Yeah, they know how to win these games. So I think out of all the games that you, you just named, the four games that you just named, I think the Minnesota Jets game was the luckiest that – no, in the Jets game, again, losers kick field goal. Yes. Yes. Or touchdown. They yep. put Mike White in a bad spot because the time to open up the offense was after that third field goal. They're driving. Yep. They're close. Let's open it up a little bit and let Mike White make a play and get you into the end zone. Yep. So what do they do? Wait to the very end. Then they open it up. Right. And then Right. You knew he had to pass. So how about letting him pass when it's ambiguous whether he has to pass it or run it or go again, underneath? Again, here's another guy. What As I just talked about with Vrabel, what does Mike White have left to do to prove he's a good NFL quarterback? He has nothing left to prove that he's a good NFL quarterback. He threw for 300-something yards in the first game he played. He comes back and throws for 300 yards this game against Minnesota on the road in a game that they step up in class. He's proven he's a good NFL quarterback. Now he's going to Buffalo next week, but he's a good NFL quarterback. Just let the guy throw. Let the guy run the offense. He will do a good job game. running that offense. Early in the game. Yeah. They're kicking five field goals. Open up the offense earlier when it's ambiguous. We don't know if you're going to run or throw. The other part of it is that he's the opposite of Kyle Allen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because you're book smart doesn't translate to the NFL. But this kid went to private schools his whole life with death rich. Uh, he goes to USF, graduates early three years. USF's not an easy school. Uh, yeah. It's actually hard academic school. He graduates in three years. But his intelligence translates to football intelligence. That's why you can trust him. He knows the place. He knows where to go to the ball. He's constantly asking. And Flacco is annoyed by it, but he complies and likes it. He's constantly asking Flacco questions. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Let, let the kid do his right? So Detroit under 52, I think that was luck. Uh, yeah. 
basically the other team quit. <laughs> quit after being beat up, and they did nothing, right? If they would have quit, if they played hard like they usually do, they would have kept Detroit from scoring one more meaningless touchdown in the fourth quarter. After the game had long been decided, you got to go. What do you think about that one? We talked about luck or bad. Uh, bad luck. Got excited and he told us we won money on that game because we had Detroit minus one. Very easy yeah. pick. Yeah. Thanks to Adrian. I got to look up the sticks in the Detroit games because he were lights out in Detroit's game. Jackson to that point. Total. To that point. Okay. The total, the side, the total was bad luck. There's, there's somebody that's helped us in a collaborative effort is Agent Rob with Detroit. He, oh, he, he, he's been phenomenal with helping us understand Detroit, what they do offensively, right. defensively. Um, so I, I give him full credit, you know, to him as well. Last year, I remember, and I told the story, I'll tell it again. I had had bet San Francisco on the money line. And you told me, you tweeted me and told me that morning that Detroit was going to cover. You had some good information. And Agent Rob provided that information. And and sure enough, I went to bet Detroit with the points, and they covered. And Agent Rob was phenomenal in that spot. And he's been phenomenal ever since. So, um, you know. And that's that's the worst betting collaboration is at its core. Because both you and I – Suspended our egos, and we said, well, "You know what? Maybe we're wrong on this." Yeah, right. We admitted it. You know what? Maybe we are wrong on this, and Adrian Rob is right. And we've been and we've been great on the lines the last two years. We've been we've been almost, if not over eighty percent, I think, on Lions games. <laughs> I know we're lights out Lions games, and we want yeah. this money because the object is to monetize these games, right? Because right. you can't divide by zero. Right. Uh, games. With- Split here at the end here, um, and I think there's a common denominator with these. Uh, Miami plus five and a half, right? Uh, we got that wrong, but the over 46 we got right, so yep. we broke even on this, right? To keep our profit from the other games, we got both sides right. The Chargers on the money line, maybe we're a little bit biased with the Raiders, uh, but the Chargers are what depleted, they're yep. losing players, so. That's this, especially this. You gotta look who's quitting. Jacksonville quit, right? Because they're playing 100% on snaps on defense. They're running sprints on special teams. They quit the second half. Colts yeah. quit fourth quarter. Oh. We'll get to that game. And then Kansas City money line. How many times is he gonna lose to Cincinnati? He's lost to Cincinnati three or four times in a row now. Yeah. We didn't think it was gonna happen. Game. What do you think about those three games, Scott? So Kansas City, I, I I basically thought that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were going to remember what Cincinnati did to them last year and, and return the favor, and it didn't work. And I thought Jamar Chase was going to be limited. Because I was thinking about you saying that when Mahomes jumped from the two yard line to score, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yeah. he, he's really trying to win this game." Yeah. So what Scott's saying? Yeah, and. Um, I just think there are certain teams that play each other that the outcome goes one way. 
And I think Cincinnati is that type of team for Kansas City that when they play Cincinnati, they're going to have problems because Cincinnati does some really good things on offense, and that and Kansas City on defense can't stop it. So Jamar Chase return and all that other stuff, um, you know, got that game to went that game to Cincinnati. Jacksonville quit. Um, we want to talk about the Indianapolis Dallas game now because that's a quitting team right there. Um, right, that's that's that one. Yeah, yeah. That, that so I I think I think a lot of a lot of the what you just talked about the teams you just talked about were Miami injury, Jalen Waddle went out in the first right. quarter and returned and then went out for good, and I think that really hindered Miami's offense. Because now San Francisco could focus a little bit more on Tyreek Hill. And I think they did. Tyreek Hill had a really good game still. But I still think that if Waddle had been in that game, I think Miami wins that game outright. I just think they do because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Brock Purdy came in. I don't think he would have been nearly as effective if, if he looked up at the scoreboard and seen Miami up 21-7 to 7 or 21-3 to 3 when he came in the game. I think he would have said, oh, uh-oh. So I, I think that's that's that game. So it's bad luck, you know. In, in, I'm not making injuries for an excuse, but when you look at the game plan and one of that piece comes out of the game plan, it's very difficult during a game to readjust and go forward with that game plan. So that's bad luck. Bad luck. So back to Indianapolis, right? What we're talking about is Ray Ray McLeod or McLeod. He played a hundred percent of the snaps. Imagine as that. A free safety. You got to take a free safety out every once in a while because they get in the hole in the running game and they deliver a shot. After he delivers the shot, you bring it to the sideline, bring the backup in. He played a hundred percent of the snaps. But this is the problem. The, yes, that's bad. Maybe this is a big game. This is a problem. He played forty-nine percent of the special team snaps. You can't do that. That's why Blake Martinez quit the Raiders, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Franklin, a linebacker, 100% of the snaps on defense. Come on, man. 35% of the snaps on special teams. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, Robert Thomas or whatever, R. Thomas, 95% of the offensive snaps, 40%. Of the special teams, half the time. <laughs> Come on, he had nothing in the fourth quarter. Come on, you got you really just Saturday. Well, he's not an NFL coach; he's a drinking buddy. So you yeah. know, we got started yeah. looking in the Colts second half line. You know, it was right last year. They were getting killed in the second half. You got to go second half of whoever they play because I guess these guys want to stay in the NFL. But even this dude, right? Uh, East speed, right? Just a random dude. Yeah. Uh, 35% of the snaps, 100% of the special team snaps. So he's playing defense in every single play. He's on the special teams. I don't even think just for special teams, you should have a guy on every single special teams play. This dude really has to be in there on a pro team. You got to be, this is insanity. You want to talk about chief teams? Here you go. Here you go. Cheapest and of cheap. Yeah. yeah. We make money on the teams. Bidding yeah, against them in the second half. You, Not covering the, the thing with the Colts is this. 
for the last three years, they've gone Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Right. Three retread quarterbacks you've gone with. Has not worked. Okay. You fired Frank Reich, who it's not all his fault. Okay. It is well, not what? all his Make fault. Philip Rivers, he should have been <clears throat> coach of the year. Right. <laughs> right. Agreed. If he gets in the playoffs, he's coach of the year. And you want to make too. And then you, you bring in a replacement coach in Jeff Saturday who was sitting on his couch tweeting about NFL teams being an ESPN analyst. And then, right. you, and then you call him and you say, hey, Jeff, listen, come out to Indy. Let's go drink a Friday night. Oh, and by the way, we, you're, you're the next coach of the Colts. Really? On top of that, yeah. on top of that he, was 20, he was 20 and 16 as a high school coach. He could not even win the division in Georgia yep. in high school for two years. The Colts, he didn't even get to the playoff as a high school coach. He didn't get to the high school playoffs in Georgia. Jim Ursay is getting exactly what he should get with this team. Retread right. quarterback, a replacement coach that has no idea what he's doing. Last week, he didn't call a timeout after Matt Ryan is clearly breathing heavy and out of breath after he runs 13 yards and still doesn't get a first down. And you just let the guy get up and breathe heavy, face red, and you don't call a timeout. And you have three timeouts left. Really? Come on, man. And then, yeah, go ahead. And then you allow Dallas to score 33 points. Including the fourth string running backs was a touchdown late in the game. Right. Come on. Really? This poor guy, man. McLeod, I feel bad for him, man. I feel bad. He was 100% of the snaps, and half the time he was on special teams. You you better have five oxygen masks at the bench for these guys because <laughs> they, they ain't making it. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. You know, I, I wouldn't even go sit down in, in the field and be like, okay, I'm just sitting here because I'm going to be, I'm going to be in this next play. Absolutely. I'm going to go to the sidelines. I'm going to conserve energy and I'm going to go to the edge of the sidelines and sit down right here. You just play three downs, and then right. the coach says, "All right, go block, go block a, or go, go be the the guy that runs seventy five yards down the field and tries to make it." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's look at Dallas, right? Their physical run first team. Yeah. They get the ball to 10. 10 plays, they're at your 43. So you, you just ran 10 plays. They're at your 43. Yep. McCarthy decides to punt it. You just had 10 plays. You're staying on the field. <laughs> and you're sprinting all the way to the end zone. It's unbelievable. You know, it's sprinting to the end zone. For 10 straight plays, man. I didn't even realize. Then they go three and out. You're back on the field, bro. And if you're Belichick, he's putting you in for a play. <laughs> I didn't even realize those snap percentages until you just said them. So now I'm going to have to go back and research every game that they play and see these snap percentages. It, it's insane. Uh, let me, I'll show you the screen. All right? Because, you know, uh, Choose the string your fiction and don't ask where I got this sheet from. Well, we're official NFL reporters. We'll put this. Yep. We're credential uh, NFL reporters. Look at that. And Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> insanity. insanity. See, 31% like 
of offensive snaps and then 90% of special teams. Look at this kid. Wow. Uh, D. Marsh for that. Look at that. 68% of snaps. 68, not 100% of snaps. Zero special teams. All right. Uh, where's McFly? D. Bland. Go, go back to D. Bland. 86% of defensive snaps. 35% special teams. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, look at Robert Thomas, Robert Thomas, free safety. 85% of snaps, 39%. That's unbelievable. That is, is really unbelievable. Look at this guy. 90%. 90%. <laughs> what do you think? 31% of the defensive snaps. Oh, my God. That's the way to get these guys hurt. That's the way to get right. these guys hurt. If I'm them, I'm suing them. I'm suing them. Because they, Blake Martinez, instead of suing the Raiders, he just said, I'm quit. He just went in the office. I'm, I'm out. Dude, I'm not going to be on the field every every place time. Look at the guy for the Colts, Quentin Nelson. Look at McLeod. Look at 100% of the snap. Free safety. It isn't like you're a cornerback where you can just run around and not hit anybody. He's hitting people for the free 100% of the snap, 39%. I mean, he's in phenomenal shape to even do that. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be. You got to look at the offensive linemen, the top three. 100% of offensive snaps, 10% of the special teams. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, are wow. You are you kidding me? You can't be. Oh, I, I, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> it's, it's there for you. It's there for you feed the view. So, the truth is straight in your fiction. We're checking our thinking, our biases. What's going to be the result of that, right? We want to go highest level. We want to finish off five weeks in a row at 80%. Yep. 70 to 80. Give yourself a break. 70 to 80% comfortable. Yep. So, again, as I say for most weeks, watch this leading into tomorrow night and then watch the podcasts for for tomorrow night, the, the betting show. And uh, yeah. and you'll come up with uh, with a lot of winners like we did this week. So, uh, absolutely, you will come up with a lot of winners and have money to pay for Christmas. This ho ho ho! Every uh, Wednesday night, we're uh, betting Santa Claus, giving you winners. Last week was twenty winners. You go to you bet every game. You put ten dollars in every game. You put a hundred dollars. Every game, $1,000 every game, you're going to have massive profit, and you're going to raise an eyebrow when you go to the window with 20 tickets. <laughs> like, what? This guy just got 20 tickets. <laughs> you, wait a minute. You just lost like, last week, and now you win it? What? what are you, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So you don't have to pay extra sports $1,000. It's silly. We're, we're, we're looking at the key statistics. We're drooling it down. Analytics that uh, they use doesn't work in football. Key statistics do, and we just gave you them. We're going to apply them, and Lord willing, tomorrow's in promise, we anticipate making a lot of money. But as Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give, what you give away. You give one, you always get 10 back. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. I'm the best there is.